0: Hello and welcome. On this week's episode, Arthur and I have seen a few movies. First of all, we talk about The Last Duel on HBO Max. The movie itself was pretty good, but in the immortal words of Clyde the Glide Fraser, Ben, that beard is weird. Arthur braves a non-Loki variant so that he can head out to the theater and see Tom Holland's recent video game adaptation, Uncharted, as well as the most recent offering from Johnny Knoxville and the crew, Jackass
1: Forever.
0: (laughs) Jeez, you can't leave us on that note. (laughs) But you did. Big Game Weekend saw a ton of material released for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness teasers trailers and posters have offered as many questions as they have offered answers and arthur and i dive right in and we finish up with the season finales of both boba fett as well as peacemaker one was good and the other was great we'll tell you which at the end of today's show right here on I don't tell you, but like, before we record, I try to guess like what voice you're going to go with, and I'm just absolutely never correct. <laughs> that was I don't even know what that was. I'm not even sure. Although um, when I, I post last week's episode, wait till you hear your Mandalorian voice. Oh, it's Ooh. so good. I fucking nailed it. I'm posting it tomorrow. Yay.
1: <laughs> How you doing, bro?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I've just been super busy with work. I've been hanging out with some old friends. Your buddy Jonas from California has been working Sue. with me out here yes, and it's Jonas. fucking super good times. He's so talented. Oh, yeah. Um, makes me sick. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I met him the same time I met you and it's nice to have him out here. Oh, yeah. Wish we could get you out here. Not that you would come hanging out with your family all the time. Don't even answer the phone no more.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's been great, man. My, my new girlfriend and and getting her acquainted with my daughter. We just had a good time. Took her to see uh Hamilton uh, this past Friday.
0: Hamilton?
1: Yeah, it's my second time seeing it. It's really interesting seeing a different cast each time.
0: I'm ashamed to say I've never seen it. Ashamed? Do you want to see it or it's not ashamed? No, well, I mean, I feel like it's like a cultural touchstone. So it's like one of those things where, see, I live in New York, okay? When you tell people in New York, like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen Hamilton. And they're like, you haven't fucking what?
2: Because
0: I live in New y- If you live in Wisconsin, you're like, I haven't seen Hamilton. People are like, yeah, no, I get it. But <laughs> here in New York, <laughs> that shit don't fly. I mean, I watched a bit of it on Channel 13. It was good times. Mm-hmm. But but I have not seen the show uh, in person, no. You enjoyed it, I guess, the second time through, of course. Oh, Yeah
1: oh uh, it's it's a it's it's such it's such a modern masterpiece like just work of art you know it's basically a rap opera and you know it took the dude so long to write it and you can hear all the work that went into that script you know um it's just it's fantastic you know and it was it was really cool seeing uh what my daughter thought and yeah, I had to do everything I could to stop her from singing out loud. <laughs> I had to do <laughs> nice. the same thing to myself.
0: <laughs> oh, I no, I know restraint is tough for you. I get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I was just happy, 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 man.
0: Ah, it's so good. That's so good. Any uh, interesting work projects on the horizon
1: that I, that I don't know about? Um, some stuff I can't talk about. I realize I. I- I realized early on I was just like letting my loose fly really uh, loosely about um, projects I was working on, and mm. I can get in trouble for that.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. And now, and now you've learned, and now the pipeline is shut off.
1: Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, but I'm 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 working on some I'm working on some projects for uh, Disney Plus. I can say that. Nice. And um, hopefully I get more work in the next couple of months.
0: Well, everybody loves a mystery, and um, so when you can divulge what you can divulge, I'm sure it'll be, uh, it'll be good to hear about. And then maybe off mic, you could just tell me, so that'd be fine. Too. Of course. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, screw these guys, right?
1: Uh, hold on. Unless I'm contractually obligated not to because of the NDA. I just have to say that.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll make sure that makes it the, into the cut, for sure. <laughs> Well, shoot, you uh, you got out to see a couple of movies. I'm not doing that yet, although they're bringing back the little booth theater that we used to have out here where you get a pod where it's just two chairs and a table and a waiter, and there are no other people sitting next to you. So, Martha, Arthur, I'm going to be going to see in the fucking movies. Mm. I'm going to be seeing some fucking movies because they just reopened the joint. It was an idea whose time had come, and they closed just before COVID, and it's like, oh, my God, this is the perfect COVID theater. I would go perfect. here just to not sit next to anybody. So they mm. reopened it, and uh, I can't wait to get out there. But until then, I'm kind of watching stuff around the house, and I finally got around to seeing Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Now, you have not seen this yet, correct? No, I, I know that it
1: was it's um, Matt and Ben's first project since Good Will Hunting that they worked together um, uh, as far as like acting and stuff, I mean, they they did all the Project Green um, Greenlight stuff together, but uh, this is the first time like they've like you know performed and really put something together and a script together and stuff. So, uh, that's that's the most mostly I know about it. Of course, it has, um, Ben Driver, uh, Adam Driver, not Ben, Adam Driver. It has Adam Driver and huh. I'm thinking about Ben Solo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. At one point in the last episode, I had to edit out where I called him Luke Hamill, so uh, I get it.
1: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tell me me about it.
0: Well, it's your pretty standard period drama. It looks stunning, and it is incredibly well acted, but it's got an interesting format in that you're seeing the main storyline three times over before you actually get to The Last Duel. And the premise behind it is that you have a knight and this knight has recently been wed and uh, is a very attractive wife and there is a squire in this knight's court and he rapes, Uh, spoilers, he, geez, I probably should have said that beforehand, but spoilers, I'm going to spoil the last duel because they spoil it three times over. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the, I say that because you're getting everybody's perspective so you basically get like, Forty five half an hour to forty-five minutes to see the movie three times over. And it's really not yeah. drastically different. But in any event. It
1: it's like ra esque
0: Yeah, yeah. But the, the fact that this centers around a rape kind of makes me fucking uncomfortable, truthfully, because like it's it's hard enough when you're watching a movie and you're empathizing with the characters who are all very well acted to, to see a rape and then to, to have to watch it multiple times just. Mm-hmm. It, it I, it's not my it's not my thing. It's just yeah. not my thing. So yeah. so this movie does that, and you have uh now okay. So they all have old timey names, and I don't actually have any notes on this movie in front of me. <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, it's you know Sir it and Lord Flippity Jibbit. I have no idea what <laughs> their names are. They are apparently based <laughs> on historical characters. We're gonna call them Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and freaking Adam Driver, well, yeah, and that's what very, we're gonna call them. And so so Matt Damon is the knight, and um, he goes off on some business and Adam Driver basically breaks into his home, rapes his wife and then tells her not to tell anybody. And so uh, he has been called to court and there's a whole legal drama with like, we're going to try Adam Driver for rape. And so we see all that happen. Then we get the perspective from Adam driver and from Adam driver, he has this whole thing where there's like a series of moments where he gets injured while training and she tends to him and like he's near their home and she brings him some water and he starts misinterpreting all these minor kindnesses to mean that she's in love with him and he falls in love with her. And then he goes to her home and he does rape her. And then afterwards he tells her, like, he thinks it was consensual. He's like, don't tell anybody because if they find out about this, you know, they'll kill you too. And in the first story, that's a threat. In the third story that's told from her perspective, it seems implicitly like a threat. Mm -hmm. And then in this one, it sort of sounds a little bit like we're in this together. And so when he gets confronted on the charge of rape, he's like, well, of course she protested. She wouldn't want me to think her easy. Mm -hmm. And like- Oh, shit. So you're confronting these, you know, misogynistic uh, viewpoints. And and in that, it does that very, very well by showing how each of these scenes plays out very subtly different. And then, of course, the climax of the movie being that. So basically, Adam Driver says he didn't do it. And mm-hmm. uh, freaking she says he did. And so they say, well, you know what? We'll let God decide. You two fight to the death and God will pick a winner. And so they do. And spoilers again, Matt Damon kills Adam Driver. And even at the very last moment where Matt Damon's like, I will let you up if you admit that you raped her, I, you, I won't kill you. And he's like, I did not rape her. We were in, l-. and then he's just dead. Oh, wow. And so like, like, holy shit, right? In that it works, in that it works, but it, it is repetitive. It does feel repetitive. And by the third time through, you know, it's more like a treasure hunt for differences than it is like an actual progression of the storyline. And you know me, in a lot of our episodes, I'm a stickler for progression of the storyline. So that's essentially, I've now basically synopsized the entire fucking movie. But I I get why Ridley Scott was pissed off that this didn't do better. Right. Because it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Oh, that said, let me just, before we move on, because I want to hear your thoughts, uh, Ben Affleck's, Die job and fucking beard are atrocious. This blonde
2: yeah, eyebrows
0: it. and goatee. I and I, I mean, <laughs> holy cow. He plays like the Lord who rules over like all the knights and mm-hmm. therefore all the squires. And he's like mad tight with the squire. And he's like, don't worry, it's a rape allegation. We'll get this mopped up in the church courts. We'll have it tried in the church. It'll keep it real quiet and nobody will be the wiser. And then that all blows up and shit. So he's sort of like, smarmy. Lord of the manor kind of dude, but like, Holy shit. Is that blonde job just distracting as all fuck through the whole movie? It's like, where do they have just for men in 13th century England? Where? Cause Uh, I'm, I don't get it. I don't get what I'm seeing, but it was, you know, I mean, I know Ridley Scott was tight as fuck about this movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean,
1: it's really, really cool to me. Uh, some movies I've been watching, I was watching Jackass and I saw. um
0: You saw Tom Holland's new
1: shit. That's uh, right. I Uncharted. saw Uncharted. I saw Uncharted. And I saw it in 4DX. Uh, 4DX.
0: <laughs> We're going to spray you with water and we specialize in burnt rubber smell. That's the smell we do the best. We're lucky there's a lot of that in movies. Am I wrong? Am I fucking wrong? No. no they're like, that's the smell we specialize in is burnt No, rubber, for sure. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, um, just speak,
1: speak carefully about, uh, not carefully, but just quickly about
0: Jackass.
1: You know, it's it's more of the same. They're just older, but they're, they're, these guys are so infectious and so fun. You use and, and you saw that uh,
0: you saw that in the 4DX theater as well, right? So when they get hit in the balls, you get hit in the balls. When they you get hit in the head, your chair lurks <laughs> forward. Oh, can you imagine Jackass in 4DX. <laughs> When like we have actually pumped wee man's farts into the oh theater, oh my god! <laughs> we have brought wee man to the theater so he can actually fart on you, and we spray you with little water droplets just so it's extra uncomfortable <laughs> and burning rubber. Enjoy some burning rubber, well, but no, you, mean, <laughs> you bring
1: you bring me back because uh, part three was a three D movie, so that crap oh was that's crazy. funny.
0: Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But you saw Jackass Forever or Jackass Geriatrics, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had, I had a great
1: time. They 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 added some people of color to the mix, so that was cool. Um, And uh, it's just, it's just great, you know, because I, I basically grew up with that show, man. I was watching that. I was watching Jackass when I was, like, 17 when it first came out, I believe. I, I think it was oh, yeah, 99.
0: forever ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it was so cool.
1: Yeah, and... Um, any uh, any particularly good
0: stunts in the movie that stand out to you? Uh, let's see. Um, yeah. You can't ja- spoil Jackass, by the way, because I want to see him get hit in the nuts. If you're like, and then Johnny Knoxville stood there and then this thing hit him in the nuts. You're not spoiling anything, I promise.
1: No, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just uh, Johnny coming to tango with the bull again. And, you know, like a lot of times in, the, in this new movie, they would cross-reference some scenes with things they had done... Probably on the on the Jackass TV show, or on the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this bull like gets him good, man. Oh my god! Well, he
0: said that god. was the hardest hit of his life. He was on yeah. the Howard Stern show, and that was the one that gave him brain damage.
1: Oh yeah. So I was just like, "Can you stop now?" <laughs> no, he's he's, <laughs> not, he's gonna be happy till he like like takes the big one. Shh. No, well, he but, almost
0: did during Jackass 2 with the rocket that blew out the side instead of going straight up. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the craziest oof. one in the show behind the scenes where he was supposed to shoot a stunt where they fired a rocket and he'd be launched out onto a lake. And it actually blew out the side of the tube yeah. that he was strapped to. And if it had blown out the hole over the portion where he was tied in, it would have cut him in half.
1: Yeah, I think I remember that.
0: So. So I think he, I hope he's had enough, especially after getting, you know, brain bleeding from a bull. Alliteration aside, that's not
1: good. Oh, no, no. That's not good. Going on to Uncharted, um, this is a really, really solid footing for a film. Um, what's, what's funny about uh, these video game movies is that they often always are horrible.
0: You know <laughs> you know. what's really funny about these video game ads? They are largely just miserable. No, they, <laughs> they are. They are. You're correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't really able to figure it out. I feel like they got a huge mulligan with this one, though, because... Yeah? Like, the game is itself is so cinematic, you know?
0: Well, I know nothing about the game.
1: It's basically like a like a, a Neo, like Indiana Jones type. Is there time travel?
0: No. <laughs> oh shit! All right, this is the one. There's no time travel. Wow. All right, now I'm oh interested. You got oh me. I'm hooked. Oh my god! So you have the Neo <laughs> Indiana Jones thing going on. Oh, you can't deny time travel is so big right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, and so
0: you got Tom Holland.
1: Yeah, Tom Holland. We got Mark Wahlberg. It's it's funny because I I remember when uh, Mark Wahlberg was initially involved with David O. Russell's pitch for Uncharted. Because at at one point David O. Russell was gonna do it with with uh, Mark playing uh, Drake, mm-hmm. which wouldn't which wouldn't be a bad fix. It's just it's just like Mark's like in his fifties now, I believe, and you know they definitely wanted to get somebody younger. Yeah, too. he
0: might have aged out just a little bit.
1: What's funny though, because he just doesn't look that old. <laughs> like there's there's a subsection of these actors that are just not aging, like. Paul Rudd, Holly Berry, Jamie Fox,
0: <laughs> Mark Mark
1: Wahlberg. It's all these people that well, look that's like some, they're in their 50s but they look like they're like 35.
0: That's some straight up Illuminati shit. I don't <laughs> you know everyone like compares everyone to the Wilford Brimley scale. Like how old was Wilford Brimley in in cocoon? He was like he was like 58. You look at half these people and wilford brimley was doing freaking diabetes commercials looking like he looked a cocoon and he was younger than half the people you mentioned it's wild how little wow. these folks age
1: it's crazy um i had a really good time with uncharted because i saw it in 40x and um that's what i saw in 40x not jackass <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't have to have the seat like crack me in the nuts for this one but uh, we definitely were bouncing and jumping all over the place because of like you know this the type of movie this this was.
0: So it's like a quest for a thing adventure. Yeah, Indiana Jones, you know. But it, I it's don't just, mean to be reductive, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I hear you. We got to no, get no. the thing. Oh, we got the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the the, the MacGuffin.
1: <laughs> yep. No, what what made it enjoyable? Because uh, uh, I feel like there's another one coming out. There's another one coming out with Sandra Bullock and Jenny Tatum. You know, kind of, kind of romancing the stone sort of thing, um, you know. But uh, with with this one, Tom Holland, he, you know, he has endless charisma, and he's super talented physically. Like he could do all sorts of flips and parkour. Oh stuff. well, we
0: we know that, yeah,
1: yeah. So it's it's cool to see him doing that in action and not being aided by like Spider Man powers, you know. So like it it just because of that, it gives it even. You know, like a little higher stakes for nice. him being able to pull off all of these uh, action feats on camera. It's like it's not a stunt man. It's like this act. This little dude is actually doing
0: this. It's so weird. No, you're exactly right when you say that. Like, I don't immediately think of Tom Holland as like a stunt action guy, but yeah. I mean, he's fucking Spider Man. Of course, he is.
1: It was a it was a really fun romp, um, and it's it's proving to be successful for Sony. It's like the highest ever. Um, movie for a Presidents' Day weekend, and I believe it made forty five. Holy shit! Oh yeah, yeah, that's really solid. Um, so, nice. But, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, you guys should check it out. It's really fun.
0: I will just as soon as it uh comes onto some miscellaneous streaming service.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm only getting out to the theater for the tent poles for my shit. For Marvel movies. And speaking of Marvel movies, I mean, all of the stuff that we have seen for Doctor Strange, Mm -hmm. Multiverse of Madness. Oh, my God. What the frig? And, I mean, Sam Raimi, I love with a passion, love Sam Raimi. All the Evil Dead stuff. All the OG Spider-Man stuff. Mm -hmm. Drag Me to Hell. All that shit is fucking amazing. I love drag, Drag
1: Me to Hell. Oh, yeah. I've been getting Drag Me to Hell vibes when I see um, this new Doctor Strange
0: trailer. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. It's so creepy and weird, and Mm -hmm. there is so much to digest in the trailer. Remember remember Zombie Strange at the end? Oh, my God. He looks great, and he's only going to look better because you know those VFX aren't done. Mm -hmm. And what can you say? There's so much in it there. This is, and it's going to be, it's the next Spider-Man movie. It's the movie that like is slowly getting spoiled by inches because of all the shit that's getting released and all the toys and all the trailers and all. And like everybody in this community is picking apart every frame, every pixel and nothing is being lost. It's crazy. The amount of stuff they cram into this now, it's like a game.
1: It's fantastic
0: so good. You know, it starts out, we get the, like the dissolving New York skyline and you lucky son of a bitch. Cause it's always New York. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> always get the worst of it in the MCU, man. LA gets off scot-free. You got the West coast Avengers out there looking after shit, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's better than Minnesota and the Great Lakes Avengers. Those guys are terrible, but for us in New York, we always get the worst end of the stick. And it looks like Dr. Strange is going to be no different.
1: What do you you think about the Professor X cameo?
0: Well, I think Sir Patrick Stewart is playing a very good Andrew Garfield on social media, (laughs) but it's clearly him. Oh, yeah, man. It's clearly him, which means that we are getting, (laughs) like I mentioned earlier, the Illuminati. Yeah. And so we're going to get Professor X. You know, we're going to get Master Mordo as the Sorcerer Supreme. I think they're going to mix up the Illuminati a little bit. It's not going to be the lineup from the comics. I think we're getting Captain Carter on the Illuminati. Oh my God, I want to see Haley ha- Atwell, yeah. like jacked out of her mind, carrying a freaking, you know, all of that.
1: I think we're getting all of that. We're probably gonna get uh, Iowan Grafot. <laughs> the the first uh Mr. Fantastic, he might be in there. No, mm,
0: no, 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 no. no, nope, nope I don't think so. As Fuck, a as a variant, no. as a variant,
1: Mr. Mr. Fantastic, no?
0: I mean, I guess you—he's been off in Iceland. Like, he really did not have a traditional American television career. He was from Iceland or something, and he's back there doing TV, and he's quite popular. I would be super surprised. I mean, there's rumors for everybody. There's rumors Ryan Reynolds is showing up as Deadpool in this shit.
1: That makes sense. They're definitely going mutant heavy on all this. I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing. You know, if they have Professor X, like, they might as well have Wolverine.
0: That's it. That's exactly right. And you could have like a passing of the torch. You could have multiple Wolverines in this, although there's no way you could keep all that quiet. There's no way. There's not, I don't think Wolverine's in this, but I think you are getting Professor X. And I think there is going to be some reset of reality where now mutants are a thing. And maybe the Fantastic Four are a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we could find out right now they could retcon literally the last 20 years of movies and be like, oh, mutants were there all. Wouldn't that be fucked up if they retconned and said mutants were there all along? And then whenever they flash back to the Battle of New York from Avengers 1, Wolverine is running around. (laughs) And they'd be like, oh, there was a spell that made everybody everywhere forget about that. (laughs) That would be crazy use of the technology because they can already rotoscope and insert anything into anything. Yeah, and suddenly now, just like they did in Avengers Endgame, where they're like, "Here's the whole battle of New York from a different perspective." They're like, "Oh, here's the whole battle of New York, but y'all forgot the X Men were there."
1: Well, that, that sounds that sounds really pretty
0: sick, actually. Right? You're like, I you're like, I don't want that, but I kind of want that. Yeah, with, with
1: all this multiverse stuff, there's so many places they can go. So. I mean the 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 key is is to not to get like just go overboard to where it just becomes like you know just you know super unwieldy you know but I I, I think with Sam Raimi being there he knows exactly what he's doing and uh, I think it's just gonna be another winner for Fox uh, for not Fox <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for 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 Marvel. <laughs>
0: In acquiring Fox is a winner. Yeah. But no, I agree. (laughs) I totally agree. But I think that after Endgame and after Spider-Man, Marvel has shown that it can hold a big old crazy mess together. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a big old crazy mess. Is Wanda a villain or a good guy? Or are those even terms that mean anything when Doctor Strange is off wrecking shit accidentally? And then Mordo's perspective on things. There's going to be a whole battle with the tentacle monster, Shuma Gorath which is probably what's going to introduce, you know, America Chavez. I mean, th- this thing we already know of like five different strange variants that are going to show up. This thing is already bloated before anything else has been spoiled. But I, I believe in Sam Raimi and I-, I believe in Kevin Feige. It's going to be good times. Oh, it's going to yeah. be awesome.
1: Heck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah.
0: So those all came out, uh, you know, those movies came out recently. A trailer came out over the course of... Um, the Super Bowl or sorry, sorry, the big game can't say those words um, they <laughs> suit the shit out of you and then part and parcel of all that uh, it's been a little while since we talked we wrapped up the two series that have taken up the majority of our time over the last few weeks Peacemaker and Book of Boba Fett and I think uh, I want to talk about Book of Boba Fett let's do it or better titled Book of Mandalorian <laughs>
1: Hey, which was, you can say which whatever you
0: fine. want. I mean, it's, it's all valid. <laughs> a, a rose by any other name smells just as sweetly. And so if they had just called this shit. I just want to know how you feel about it overall. Because
1: I thought it was pretty solid.
0: If they called this shit Tales of the Mandalorian or Tales of You know, Tatooine, then 100% of the shit that I'm bitching about completely goes away. But so a rose by any other name. That said, you know, this shit was awesome. I mean, there was stuff in it that didn't make no damn sense, but there was enough just, you know, rule of cool going on that I don't even care. I don't even care. They jumped from one crazy set piece to the next crazy set piece. They had all of your typical Western tropes. It's a double cross. We're pinned down. The villagers came to save us. Like, all of that shit is just beat by beat classic Western played in the Star Wars aesthetic. And because Star Wars is, you know, a space Western, which is a space samurai movie, it all feels perfectly right. And so it was, it had a lot fucking going on, but it had an awful lot to wrap up and I really enjoyed what it did. I enjoyed baby Grogu's choice. I enjoyed, uh, Oh, and if we haven't said it before spoilers, we're going to spoil everything today. So if you don't want to spoil this or Peacemaker or anything, then you listen to the wrong podcast. Go watch those things and come back and listen to the right podcast. That's us spoiling the shit out of it starting <laughs> now.
1: Oh, uh, one, one thing I want to one thing I want to say off the top is yeah, go go. It's,
0: it took me it
1: took me till this episode to realize the song was Boba Fett.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> did you hear that part? Oh, right, right, right. Because you're always saying "ho," huh. yeah. And see, even I did it. You're always maxing out the fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like, yeah, yell into the microphone again. And they're saying Fet. They're saying Boba yeah.
1: Fet. Yeah, I get that. It's, it's, I get. I hear it now. I didn't get it until that episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was ready to sing along and go, ha! Huh! <laughs> but I heard Fet. I was like, oh, snap. How did I miss this this whole time?
0: Maybe they mixed it up a little bit just for the final episode so people mm. would finally get it. like, oh, shit. Um, but yeah, that was, that was good times. But what about you? What would you think? It was great. I mean, I I mean, we got to see him ride the Rancor.
1: Um, I do think, uh, Robert Ra- Rodriguez, the way he paces the action, I feel like there's other directors that do it better that have been working on these. Like for instance, like, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is such a fantastic director. She, right. She basically got to go to director school working on this, because from her first episodes of what she's able to do now, it's it's just
0: amazing. I noticed that this was the like her first time doing this sort of thing. And it would, I mean, look whose daughter she's, she's you know, mm-hmm. Richie Cunningham's daughter. She's going to be fucking amazing at this. <laughs> so good for her. She's killing it. She's just destroying it. Her yeah. stuff was great. But I like Rodriguez's stuff. And I think it's, I think you could do way worse than finding him to make a Western. I really do. Uh, so, yeah. So in this episode, we find out that baby Grogu has decided he wants to be a Mandalorian and not a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so R2d2 gives him a lift home I was like, oh fuck we're gonna get Luke Scott and, and then I thought there's no way they're paying for that they're paying for one episode and one episode only yeah we got we got, then, you know, we got
1: plenty man
0: we got plenty of Luke yeah. I know so we get R2d2 dropping him off at home and uh, he runs into our good friend Amy Sedaris Pelimato, who's like nah he's off killing a bunch of cats but uh, I'll <laughs> I take love him her. <laughs> oh, she's so good. She's so good. The only one who truly understands that if you love him, feed him. For the love of God, somebody feed that little kid. <laughs> But then she brings a baby to a war zone. So, you know, judgment can be a little <laughs> skewed, depending on the circumstances.
1: Um, she, I mean, she, just, she can't take care of him.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. And yeah. the city's at war, and that's where Mando is, and that's where you got to go. So we come into the Pike Syndicate basically just tearing the place to ribbons. Mm-hmm. And... All of the different leaders of the different factions within the city who agreed to stay out of it now decide they're going to attack, mm-hmm. and it's a double cross. And that was played out in like classic Western fashion.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, so you you like most of the action you you thought you thought everything was played pretty pretty well.
0: Yeah, because it really felt like it was playing tribute to to its roots pretty pretty naturally and pretty honestly the one thing there is one thing about the action that really bugged the fuck out of me which is that there is no drama in them shooting at the robots like i like the parkour shit and the flips and the run and the dive behind this thing but you guys well, well earlier determined that your weapons were completely ineffective against these things. 100% as though you were doing nothing at all. Holster your fucking gun. It'll make it easier to do your parkour and hightail it out of there until you come up with a new plan. But this whole like so many action scenes, which were them slow-mo flipping and shooting and diving and firing. And it's just like, there's no drama to this. You just... You're doing it just to look cool. What are you going to do? The one laser blast and the thing falls like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It, that was pretty, I that I didn't really know how to process. Yeah. Feels like you rubbed up against that too a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just just in general, a, a lot of uh, just little wonky things happening here and there. Overall, it didn't take away my my enjoyment from the whole thing because I just love being able to be in Star Wars world. You know, it's just, it's just great. <laughs>
0: this is so Star Wars world, yeah. man. They get the tone of everything so right.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I think it had his it issues. I think Robert Rodriguez, he comes from, like, the world of, like, no budget. <laughs> it's true. So, it's true. like, I, I think he has, like, a lot of no budget ideas a lot of times. And that, that's not necessarily, like, it's a bad thing over and over again, but... It's a Star
0: Wars. You got money, you know, <laughs> like you could spend a little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it hits all the notes. I think they brought him in to give it a proper Western ending. Mm-hmm. And so you have the two heroes completely pinned down. You have the town coming at the end to save them. Like, I get it that these things are tropes, but they're not tropes that maybe today's audience is super familiar with. Some of us who watch a lot of movies and watch a lot of television and stuff like this and are a little bit older recognize these things distinctly as tropes and they feel warm and fuzzy in, in a very particular way. And I think that that really helps. And he knows how to hit all those marks. He knows how to have a gunfight at the end of the movie and a showdown between two guys. And I just, I felt like a lot of that worked for me, the stuff where they're trying to shoot the giant robots that doesn't really work, but Again, when that little fucking guy jumps into Mando's arms, you oh, know, yeah. Rachel melted. It was over. You could do no wrong from that point no, forward. it was great. Oh, I mean, yeah, just, just hearing Mando's voice. Oh, my gosh, yeah. God, I,
1: I thought I'd never see you again. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, God. Let's go get a, a timeshare. I love you.
0: <laughs> you got a shirt. <laughs> no it was good times it was really new and then the shot at the end at the very end of the episode of him in that little bubble because of course he was going to be in the bubble we knew that we knew we were gonna see that little motherfucker in that little bubble mm-hmm. and we knew we'd see we would see boba fett ride the rancor and then get same deal shooting the rancor don't shoot the rancor mm-hmm. you just saw boba fett ride him and demolish everything yeah you got problems with him, but there's ways to work it out and of course we all could have called it that, of course, Grogu jumps out and he handles the situation and, again, makes you feel for a fucking rancor. The show does magic. Yeah. And, you know, watching Rachel just melt watching that scene. It's just, it's magic. I
1: said it before. That's the key thing about this thing. You know, for a fan, for a fan of Star Wars, the characters you see in the show has always been the characters that are always in the background you know yeah so or, or they have that one really cool a uh, minute and a half scene in the in the old trilogy or something mm-hmm. you know so so to see all of them like right at the forefront you know it's it's just really cool
0: well that's the beauty of having so many of these shows i mean the danger of course is dilution and overload and you sort of get saturated but the the converse is that you can really dig into these worlds. You can really explore all of the questions that fans have been, you know, working out in their own respective headcanons mm-hmm. their whole lives. And so you can lay that stuff down for them. And if you love this material, then you're going to be here for it. And even if you're not super familiar with it, there's going to be something you can enjoy. I think it's tough. You, there's a lot of homework required to gain entry into this, but if you're willing to do a little bit of it, you can get a whole lot more out of it. Sweet. But it was a good show. I had good times with it. If I think people should watch it. They should goddamn well watch it. It was a damn good time. Yeah. And then we uh we also finished up on Peacemaker.
2: Mm. <laughs> do you really want to taste it?
0: <laughs> Holy shit. This is the show. I'm speechless for just how amazingly fucking awesome this show was. James Gunn, bro. I'm in the bag. I'm in the bag. Now, interesting to note, the final episode of Peacemaker was the most watched episodic debut in the history of HBO Max or single day release. (laughs) So it's the most popular thing that's ever been on HBO Plus. That's crazy. HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah, it's crazy. Fucking crazy. And what's crazy is it didn't even start there. Like the ratings when it when it first came on were sort of middling, and then every single week more and more people watched until in the final week it's the highest rated thing ever. So it goes to show that's a word of mouth Goliath right there.
1: Just James Gunn, he's just he's so good at and, and like just like putting in these just really heartfelt narratives that really that really make you. You know, identify with these characters. Like, so this is James Gunn
0: all the way, bro. He is the perfect blend of heart and an absolute perverse sense of humor. (laughs) Like how you can have those two things, have this man be so warped in his sense of humor and yet have so much fucking soul. It defies reason. It defies reason. He's so good. And these last two episodes were no exception. We had uh, left off last time we spoke on episode six. So that brought us into episode seven. Stop dragging my heart around. And uh, I don't want to gloat. But a couple of episodes ago, we had, uh, we had kicked around the question of what happened to Peacemaker's brother. And in this episode, we find out what happened to Peacemaker's brother. And we said we were going to put a bet on it. And then we kept talking. We never did. And I'm kicking myself because you said he wasn't dead, that it was a, it was a false memory, that he was coming back. And I was like, nope, he killed him while sparring with him, and he carries that with him for the rest of his life. And you're like, nah, he ain't dead. I was like, we should bet on it. And then we moved on, and we ain't never bet on it. I only remember that because I just mixed that a little while ago. He's
1: still alive. Hashtag he's still alive.
0: Hashtag he's fucking dead. <laughs> Peacemaker maker killed his only brother, Keith. Why, Keith? Why did you have to die? Mm-hmm. But yeah, one punch. One punch. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I can't fucking do that. For God's sake. Jesus, that's. That was
1: a a sad. That was a sad scene, though, because, like, you know, they were
0: just regular brothers. They
1: had had fun
0: scrapping, you know, and you could tell they did that shit a lot. Like everybody knew the routine. It was it was go time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and it really normalized the abuse and almost made it seem like a warm childhood. I mean, that's that's some good fucking writing there.
1: Well, it was just really shitty when uh, Robert Patrick was just like, "It's your fault that he died in this th- this whole event that I put together."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, of course, because Robert Patrick is a white supremacist, so he can't take responsibility for anything. Yeah, and so of course he's gonna blame that on on his brother. Crazy story. So uh, my sister had a friend who got into an argument with his roommate and they were disagreeing about something stupid. And he took a swing at his roommate. His roommate was this little guy, just like five, six, not really a heavy guy. Dodges the punch and punches him once right on the chin. This dude fell back, hit his head when he fell and had an instant brain hemorrhage and started to seize just like in the fucking episode. And... The dude who got punched was like six deuce, 220 pounds. And the guy that punched him was like five, nothing. And he just hit him right on the button. And he hit the back of his head when he hit the ground and it damn near killed him one punch. So that shit Mm. fucking happens. Oh yeah. Like be scared. This is why we don't hit other people because you can kill a person with one punch, even if you don't hit them that hard. And Chris finds that out in the most devastating way when he just lays his brother out and- That's the birth of the vow, the vow to to have peace no matter what the cost. I mean, it is a child's vow, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But he has a credo now and we find out that this is the, quote, birth of the peacemaker.
1: Yeah, Um, it was just cool, like leading up to this big uh, cow, quote unquote cow. (laughs) It it just it just gave me strong. um, I was a Verhoeven movie. With the bugs? Oh, uh, Starship Trooper. Yeah, it gave me Starship Trooper vibes because... It <laughs> had serious Starship
0: Trooper vibes, yeah. yes.
1: You remember that? that Those g- gross aliens at the end of Starship Trooper?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure the brain bug. Yeah,
1: yeah, the cow, the cow looked just like the.
0: <laughs> no, that was crazy when you finally get to see that at the end and you realize, like, holy shit, this thing isn't just big, it's... James Gunn does nothing small. They're like, all right, it's it's as big as, you know, a freaking building. That's the size of this thing. And not to jump too far ahead, but when John Economos sees that thing, I feel like it was the most realistic depiction of a person encountering an alien entity of that size Thank I've ever you. seen right. in cinema. He was just like, nope, uh-uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, he he, you could see his mind break in that the nature of his reality has just been fundamentally changed by what he saw and he snaps and nopes the fuck out of there. But yeah, that giant cow, which they are milking for the sustenance they need to survive on the planet. And if they succeed in taking out the cow, then there's no way that these aliens can continue to operate. And so that becomes the objective and the fly in the ointment though, is, is that the entire police force has been taken over by aliens. And so now they know what their hosts know. And that means the chief of police who is was Mern's friend has basically now given them everything. Uh, and they come for them. And I thought this was the one thing in the episode I sort of took exception with <laughs> because Mern comes in, he's like, pack your shit. We got to go. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, And then, like, later on, we see her strolling down the fucking aisle with a roly bag like she's at fucking LaGuardia. Yeah. And, like, no, aliens have eaten the brain of the person who knows where you are, and they're on their way. That means we're out the door in 90 seconds or fucking less, and they're just hanging out at their hotel rooms like, yeah, we're going to get out of here in a couple minutes. Aliens coming to kill us. We're going to... We're gonna leave any minute now. It's just that <laughs> Mern's got a lot of toiletries and it takes a long time to pack. I was like, "My aliens are coming! They are coming to kill you! Leave!" But they do not leave, and so because they don't leave, Mern gets killed. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, um, he happily gave himself for the team. You know, it's it's a type it's that type of sacrifice you need for a show like this. I mean, it's it's interesting seeing the contrast of the what what. Uh, Disney puts out and what Mar uh, what uh, uh, DC puts out on through Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's just balls to the wall, you know, action and gore, and you know it's 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 pretty good um, counter
0: programming as long as you have somebody that's, uh, with a deft hand. Well, that's why Gunn is the perfect choice. That's why he's the perfect choice for this this avenue of the DC universe because this shit is violent and it's fun but it has like it, it matches tone mm-hmm. everywhere perfectly and we saw this in guardians of the galaxy and we saw this in suicide squad and we see this in super and in a lot of his early films and he's just good at what he does and they should just let him do all the things they should let him be the kevin feige of this little corner of the weird dce yeah i don't think
1: he wants just let to him have it i don't think he wants to be
0: oh, man, I don't know. I don't know what the man wants. I mean, yeah. who the heck knows what he wants? But but I think the more they let him do it, I mean, he's signed on for season two, so anything's possible, I guess. And if they just, even if he's not in charge, I think they're letting him set the tone.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, So going back to Economos, I just I really enjoyed his, his just solo mission, you know, before and after of seeing the alien. Just, <laughs> him, like... Quietly losing his shit every time he has to talk to one of these
0: guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that's the best part. So we get out of episode seven and we get into episode eight. It's cow or never. (laughs) They love their puns. (laughs) And, yeah, so basically they have found the cow. They're out there. They have what few supplies they have, which include a couple of Peacemaker helmets and not much else and some handguns. And they have to find a way to destroy this entire facility and kill the giant alien animal inside. So they have to fucking kill a kaiju with what they have in their pockets. And they get to the business of getting it done and they use Economos to infiltrate because he's the only one whose face they don't know because he never leaves the van. And holy shit, does, does AG have a moment when they ask him about his stupid beard? Which it just felt like piling on at that point. Like, why is James Gunn going back to this joke again? Like that's that's the that's the twist where it's like, hey, stop right there. Why does your guy dye his beard weird? And you're like, fuck, that's been a joke through the whole show. We're gonna do it again right now. And then mm-hmm. it becomes <laughs> it becomes his most poignant moment in the entire series. I mean, this motherfucker is acting his fucking ass off in that scene. I mean, you're an actor. You've seen it. Like, his eyes are nuts. You look into his eyes, and you're just oh, like, yeah. you fucking ache for this guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, all around. Just just ultimate filmmaking all over the place in this
0: thing, man. I want to see more Steve Agee now. hmm <laughs> And so, yeah, we got to take out the giant space alien, which uh, Peacemaker and the group get to the business of.
1: At a bayou, she does a complete E-Honda move.
0: <laughs> 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 Hurt, <hut>. <laughs> <laughs> yep and he warns her not to you're gonna break your damn neck and sure enough she crashes and misses and everything and i mean that thing would come into play later on for sure but
1: but, how, but, but, for, one, but for one second though how cool is that when, whenever do you see a big black chick like that that gets to wear a super crazy helmet and go
0: head first into a nasty-ass alien like that. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) That might be one of the most original sentences ever uttered. I'll give you that. I don't know that any human person has ever uttered those words in that order before. It was amazing. She's played it so well through this whole series.
1: Mm Oh, man. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, then then of course we got, um, uh, is like doing this thing too, like uh, throughout the like the last couple of episodes,
0: <laughs> doing he, he, Deadpool's thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a bit more funnier this time though.
0: Yeah, he's less stupid and more witty. He, there were a couple episodes there where you're like, oh, you don't don't go full Joey from Friends, like mm-hmm. just bring it up a few points, and they did, and they did. And oh my God, see, see, I wanna to point to the scene where he and Peacemaker, where Peacemaker's just bashing skulls with his old style Captain America shield, which goes to show just how brutal that weapon would actually be. Mm-hmm. But while he's there with his swords, this is what I was talking about when we did the Hawkeye episode. And we've got Jack, the swordsman, fighting on the steps of Rockefeller Center. This is what it would have actually looked like, which would have just been arms and legs flying all over the fucking place. Ooh. It was so good. It was so amazing to see those two guys just cut through that room of folks. And I like a bit of gore, and I like mm-hmm. a solid horror aesthetic. Oh yeah. And it is truly horrible when you see John Cena smash somebody's skull in with a metal shield. Mm-hmm. And it's visceral, and it's violent, and it's supposed to be, and yet it's just so much damn fun. <laughs>
1: so there's there's two things. One thing I liked. one thing I call a little bit bullshit on, First of all, I just I just love the stakes of, you know, yeah, like these characters are going to get clipped by bullets. Like they're not just dodge uh-huh. everything and everything's hunky dory, you know, you know, uh-huh. basically uh-huh. at heart, hardcore, just like really uh getting massive, massive amount of uh, shots and stuff. But the only thing was, it's like we have Economos doing all this stuff, not wanting um, at, a, at a bio to go out there. And then he just conveniently breaks his ankle and then crawl <laughs> crawls over there in, like, a minute. <laughs>
0: yeah, so that, that With was... With a compound so. fractured tibia yeah, and yeah, fibula. Yeah, that was pretty whack. Ah, <laughs> uh, well... All right. In response to the hardcore thing, all I can say is Curtis, Fifty Cent, Jackson. I mean, you can get shot a lot. <laughs> you can get shot a lot, and if you get to a hospital in time, you're probably going to be okay. I didn't have a problem
1: with that. I'm, I'm just my, my thing with that was just I like that the stakes were there that she yeah, wasn't yeah. just getting out of like every, uh, every shot and stuff. You
0: know, right? She didn't make it unscathed. No, this team takes a lot of damage. Oh yeah. And as far as Economo shattering his leg and then crawling 100 yards in a minute and a half, I I got nothing. It's just story. I don't know. He made it. He broke it. He just tripped. It was like one of those things. It was, why? But I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. Rule of cool. I don't know. Everybody needed to be beat the fuck up when this thing was over. And so they shattered his leg jumping a fence (laughs) because he's not in shape. He's not designed for this sort of thing. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. he fucking shattered his leg. Why not? Mm-hmm. I didn't rub up against that too hard, but it, as you sit here and describe it, it is it is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, Vigilante was shot all kinds of times, and then he finally collapses in the hospital despite refusing treatment so much. And then the funny little bit at the end where he hops out the window.
1: <laughs> He's crazy as hell. <laughs> oh, I want to
0: see him in more stuff. I don't know who this guy is, but like he, he could go do Deadpool stuff being a knockoff Deadpool. He is a real fun fucking... Woolworth fucking Deadpool. I'll mm-hmm. take him. Mm-hmm. I'll take him. He was really funny in this. So what, what do you, what do you think about the big
1: cameo at the end?
0: The Justice League? Yeah. Why the fuck not? I I love it. I love it when Jason Momoa drops F-bombs. Please shut <laughs> the fuck up, Barry. Implying that he fucks fish.
1: And Peacemaker
0: just like because you do, you have these godlike figures, Superman shrouded, you know, in shadow, standing mm-hmm. in the flying in mm-hmm. the sun. He's like Fuck you guys. Fucking late. But Fucking I, I ridiculous. I love how they you did it
1: though. I love how they made it seem like all of them were going to be like just in the black shadow. So that was really. And then cool. actually really cool. give you oh, yeah.
0: Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa. It was great. That was, was cool. So that
1: was cool. a really good bit of directing right there. So, like, I mean, that's like, that's, mm-hmm. like, that's, you could tell, like, you know, you actually have somebody know what they're doing. You know, keep mm-hmm. that, keep that anticipation of and, and those expectations like kind of out there in, you know, mystery world, you know, so good.
0: So darn good. So darn good. Yeah. We continue to bow at the temple that is John Cena. He is so fucking charming and he has Mm -hmm. so much heart. I believe every moment of this absurd and stupid thing that should not work and is so beautiful and weird. This reminds me of, uh, remember, uh, Chris Maloney and happy, like I never something got something so that. weird. Oh, you gotta go back and see it. I was more um on on Maloney on when he was on Oz. You know? Oh, sure, sure. But Happy is one of those things that is wonderfully and unabashedly or apologetically weird in mm-hmm. the same way that this show is. If you liked this show, you would love Happy because it really yeah, feels no, like no, that. It feels like a show that makes no apologies and is so so weird and you never question it. You buy into the world.
1: It's based off a of Grant Morrison book, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely yeah. based off Grant Morrison book. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this feels a little very similar to that. And that was very well regarded and mm-hmm. this has been the highest rated thing ever. So yeah. If you haven't watched it out there in radio land, then you're one of the few people who <laughs> hasn't, because everybody is watching this. My sister's gonna get started on it soon. She wanted to wait till they were all done so she could binge them. I get mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You really wanna taste it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if people wanna binge on some Arthur, where are they gonna find you? Go to arthurromeo.live
1: You can also go to on our Instagram. At draw really awesome wow, uh, all underscore, or um Arthur Romeo. Uh, no, 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 not Arthur Romeo. It's Dreamboat82. You can check check it out on Instagram.
0: Where did they find you, guess sir? You can also find me on Instagram at thomas.olton, spelled O L T O N, or you can find the Instagram for this podcast, which slowly but surely is getting updated at tails underscore two underscore admonish. And if you would, please go to your podcasting app of choice, rate and review, give us a like, give us five stars, whatever the relative metric of appreciation you can offer. Go off and do that. It makes us feel good. It makes you feel good to do it. it makes you good people to do it. And until next time, you can find us right here on. <laughs> there? That's twice now. I don't know if you've done. <laughs> I got nothing. It is late. This is a late night game. Oh, my goodness.
1: Hey, uh, I don't know. if I meant to talk about him, but I don't know if we did. Uh, uh, Cobb Van. You, you saw Cobb Van. Oh, Vant it is way the, too
0: fucking uh, late for that. So. Thanks for coming, everybody.
1: Oh, no, no. I, th- I thought that uh, I was just talking to you candidly. <laughs> I know. It's funny. That's why I'm leaving
0: it in. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Bye.